Uh, before I begin an incredibly long and tedious homily, uh, I wanted to just two quick personal notes. First is uh, a blessing and hello to my uh, to Dan Krupp. I call him my uncle, uh, but um, he's he's kind of stuck at home today, and he told me, "Well, I'll be watching mass and uh, praying with you." So, uh, hey, Uncle Dan. Uh, but second is I, I just want to ask a favor of you if you heard you heard that beautiful second reading today um, that's my favorite uh, non-gospel in the New Testament when I was ordained when you get ordained they make you make a holy card right I guess we're, we're really you know hopeful uh, but uh, we seminarians we called it our rookie card uh, but on it is uh, tragically my picture but more importantly uh, our favorite scripture and kind of our theme for our priesthood and that second reading is what I chose uh, and my sister Kelly even wrote a song um, that they sang at my first mass every time I hear that reading I get gooey and uh, if you think about it whenever you read that reading or hear it if you could pray for me that that'd be awesome I want to be a holy priest um, and uh, I seem to be the biggest obstacle to that at times uh, so We'll launch into the homily, uh, and it starts with a, a woman um, caught, yeah? And, and we've all been caught. Um, I, I thought of my favorite getting caught story, and I have a diverse selection. Uh, but I was in fourth grade, and I was serving mass at uh, Good Shepherd in Montrose. And uh, it was me and my best buddy, Mikey Perch. Right, who also, I want to be clear, he was trouble. Uh, not me, uh, him. Uh, but we were serving, and it was, we had a bell between us, right? And it was coming up on the Eucharistic prayer, and we hadn't made clear who got to ring the bell. Because when you're a third grade boy who is required to be at Mass, the idea that at least you can make a really loud noise uh, is utterly appealing. And we began doing this thing with our elbows over trying to get position over who's going to ring the bell. My sister Edie's here. She remembers this. And Father Fackler was praying Mass, and he was 963 years old, uh, just as a trivia point. Uh, but in the middle of the Eucharistic prayer, hands out, and we're over here. This is true. He said, Lord, you are holy. And shut up, boys. <laughs> and... I have no conscious memories of the next week of my life. Uh, I was third or fourth grade, I can't remember which, to this day, like people see me, do you remember what, yes. Yes, I remember it really, really, really well. Uh, but uh, that's a funny story now, uh, but my therapist helped me with that. Uh, this is a horrible story about being caught. Um, and I think it's a real insight into things we can repent of and things we can rejoice in. Um, I think of this a lot when I hear this reading, but in a society where the punishment for prostitution was execution, and there was no other punishment, what would make a woman do that? What would compel a woman who knows if I get caught, I die? What would compel her to then make that choice? 
And I wish that the people in this reading would have wondered that too. I bet she was hungry. I bet she had no means. It wasn't a society where if a woman did not have a husband, she didn't have a means to care for herself. She wasn't allowed to work. And the, the same society that took away all her options wanted to kill her for the only option she could find. And I, in my life and, and, and in my daily living, uh, watching the news, I, I see a lot of people that I think, what is wrong with them? You know, how, how did this happen? And you know, I don't really want the answer to that question. I think there's some part of me that just likes knowing I'm not doing that. And that's part of the messed up of all of it, isn't it? That nobody thought to say, what brought you to this? How can we help? Instead it was, you're doing something you shouldn't and it's my chance to feel good about me. Yeah? And there's a lot of evidence here that their motives weren't pure. Namely, that her sin of adultery, then what did they do? Well, then they used her, just like the guy she was caught with. And where is he, by the way? That's really interesting, isn't it? But they used her to make a point. They used a human being created in the image and likeness of God to win an argument. And I think we do that a lot too. And what a shame, huh? You probably didn't hear about this. It barely made the news, but there was an incident at the Oscars. Um, yeah, what, Father? Look it up. Uh, but, and you know, it really got me that the next morning, you know, you have people who said, you know, I've always thought such and such. And this incident proves it. And everybody was doing that. They were taking their little causes and applying it to a situation that frankly had nothing to do with them. Well, what happened was painful and sorrowful and awful. And instead of stopping and praying for everyone involved, it was like, oh, I can make a point now. I can show how right I was before this happened. This is that. Remember we talked about the flesh? I think it was, was it last week? I don't know. I don't know. But the idea, you were like, Father, we don't pay attention. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it was last week where we talked about that part of us that wants to make everything about us. It's part of our broken human nature. And in, and in the midst of that, what better evidence of that than this? Um, so the next thing I, I think... And I, and I hope we see this, is that I feel real shame when I think of how I do these things. I really do. I, I, I want to be better than that. And how cool, then, is Jesus' response. I'm not condemning you. Don't do this anymore. Isn't that something? A dude didn't say that. God did. I don't condemn you. Anymore. Just go and don't do this anymore. Isn't that good news? That's the best of news. That we got caught. We get caught all the time. And sometimes we catch ourselves. 
Sometimes other people catch us, but whatever it may be in that embarrassing, awful moment where we realize just how messed up we can be to hear our God drive away the accusers, get out of here, and to take a moment with us and say, I'm not judging you either. Just don't do this anymore. So I hope that fills you with hope. That whatever insights we gain in this Lenten season by the grace of God to go, man, I got, I got to cowboy up. I got to change. I got to be better. Whatever thing drives that, remember that there's God saying what? I'm going to get all your accusers out of here. And we're going to have a moment. And in that moment, I'm going to say to you, I don't condemn you either. Don't do this anymore. Knowing we will. And knowing that conversation will have to happen again. But he's happy to have that. These are the things I'd love for us to pray about this week, huh? And, and I really uh, was convicted a lot of how often I do these very things. So I also was comforted by God saying, I see you. Let me get the accusers out of here. And let me tell you, it's okay. Just don't do it again. I think anything else would be less. So let's go for the best. And to me, that's the best insight we can go after. Humans are not fodder for our arguments. Children of God are not means for us to win arguments. And human pain is not about our chance to say, see, I was right all along. And in the midst of all of that, to hear our God over and over chasing the accusers away and saying, and saying what? I don't condemn you either. Don't do this anymore. Amen.